Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I bring you greetings from Restoration Community Church in the OST South Union community in the Third Ward area of Houston, Texas. And I'm really excited to be here with you today. Um, Jeff is uh, so special to me. He and his wife, Gail, have really been a blessing to our ministry, to me and my wife, our family, um, and, and so are the people of Woods Edge. We've met so many people all over the city doing ministry who are affiliated with Woods Edge. And so it's really an honor and privilege for me to be here today. And so that's my checklist of all the nice things. I should get invited back. I think that's enough. Um, I'll throw in Jeff is pretty funny and a nice guy too. So no, <laughs> no, no, really. He, I really didn't mean those things. He is a really special to me and I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. I want to, uh, I want to, we're going to be in a passage in James today. First James, I mean, uh, James 1, if you will. And if you want to give this a title this morning, uh, our title could be The Testing of Your Faith. Testing of Your Faith. James 1, 1 through 8 says this, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he would receive anything from the Lord. Being double-minded, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So the testing of your faith, many of you, we are already a month into 2018. January has gone by pretty quick, but we're still in the beginning of the year. And I imagine many of you probably much more organized than I am, but I'm sure your calendar is already beginning to fill up. Whether it's meetings, retreats, vacations, Travel, you have to do all kind of different dates are on your calendar, whether you keep it digitally, old school on the wall on the calendar, all of those things. But I want to pose this to you. I guarantee, I'm willing to bet that on nobody's calendar, on, not on one single person's calendar, is there anything that looks like April 3rd, I'm going to face the trial of my life. June 5th, I'm going to have to overcome a test I've never seen before. Whether you have it on your calendar or not, tests and trials are coming. Whether you want them to come or not, they're coming. So James speaks to the believer in this passage of, if we know it's coming, how and how, how does God want us to deal with tests and trials? He says again, consider it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. And it's this word endurance I want to spend a little time on this morning because I have come to recognize and realize in our society, in America, the country I love, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But the truth of it is, one of the things we don't do well is endurance. 
Whenever we have situations that don't feel good, that are uncomfortable, we're like, hey, that's not how it's supposed to be. Make that go away. Anything that, in cult, that, will, that requires us to sit with it and endure it and see it to the end, even though it makes us uncomfortable, uh-uh, that's not what I'm trying to have. And the very definition of the word endurance says the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. One of the reasons why we struggle in this, I believe we struggle in this nation, in all type of relationships, whether it be families, whether it be racial, whether it be cultural, is because the lack of ability to endure difficult and unpleasant situations to the end. I want to tell you a story. I used, I was a, in high school, I played football. Now, I just had a birthday in January, and one of the things I've experienced about getting older is that every year, my high school football career gets better and better. <laughs> I mean, I started out as really like, like not anybody really good. But I'm like 30 years removed. I mean, my, my, my resume looks good. <laughs> but the, the thing of it is, I played for a high school team in San Antonio called Converse Judson. We just finished up the high school playoffs last year. I mean, last December. I played for a pretty good high school team. In fact, we went to state. We had a lot of state trips. But I remember being in high school and the, school, the team being so good, I was like, when the opportunity came to join this team, I'm like, man, yeah, I want to be on that. Everybody, man, you get a lot of props for being on it. I want to get on this. I'm a pretty good athlete. So I joined the football team. Well, I joined in the offseason, and one of the first things you have to do in the offseason is called boot camp. And I mean, it's, the, it's, it's a boot camp. It's made up of three stations you have to go through, ropes, uh, mat drill, uh, and, and weights. And I signed up to go through this. I want to play football, sure. The first day we go to boot camp, you go, they have a ropes course where you have to go in there, you jump ropes, and they just time it. You do it until they tell you to stop. But they also give you a little short rope, meaning you got the challenge for the day. Of course, I got that one first, and I struggled. I struggled. And I remember going through this whole day of boot camp, and I was so out of shape. I was so horrible. At the end of the, I mean, when we were towards the last drill, I, I didn't know if I was looking at the floor or the ceiling. That's how disoriented I was. And I remember thinking I was in the back of that line, people screaming my name. And I remember, you know, bending over like this. And I don't know about you if you've ever had some moments in your life where it might have seemed foolish to other people, but you were speaking to God and you made every word you said. And that's how I was as I was bent over. And I remember just like it was yesterday. I said, God, if you help me make it out of here today, if, if, you, if I live to make it out of this place because I feel like I'm going to die, these people signed me up to play football. I haven't seen a football. All they're doing is yelling and screaming. They just tormenting us. This ain't what I signed up for. If you let me make it out of here today, I'm going to give them back their jersey, <laughs> the nice little workout outfit they gave me, the shoes they can have it all. This is not what I signed up for. 
And so I remember when walking out, when the day was over, I was walking through the locker room, making my way to my seat. And there was a guy I'd never met before, Jimmy Petulia, never forget him. He stopped me. He said, Hill. He, now, I'll tell you, I didn't know him, never seen him before, but everybody on the team knew my name because the coaches had been screaming it all day long. <laughs> everybody knew who I was. So he said, Hill, man, look, whatever you do, don't quit, man. Don't quit because he's seen it in my eyes. He said, don't quit. Every day is going to get easier. Every day it'll get a little bit better. And before you know it, you'll have it, man. And I looked at him in my mind. I was like, man, you don't understand. I just made a vow to the Lord. <laughs> I just took a solemn oath that if he delivered me out of this thing, I will leave. But I said, you know what, man? I, I said, you know what? I, my parents didn't raise no quitter. I'm not going to quit. Not going to quit. And a funny thing happened. Came back the next day, got a little bit better. Next day, a little bit better. First week, you know, I'm, I'm feeling real good. And then I, one day I made the mistake, walking through the house and passed by the mirror and seen some muscles I never saw before. Now I'm really hooked. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. Now, why am I sharing with you this story? Because I really believe spiritually God wants us to understand something the coaches were trying to get me to understand that I learned through that process of boot camp. That sometimes you will face tests and trials that seem bigger than you could ever hope to overcome. But James is letting us know that he says you can take joy in what you're experiencing because God is up to something. You may, not, you may just not know it. God is trying to mold you and shape you into what he's called you to be. When endurance takes place, it leads to maturity, which leads ultimately to develop character. When endurance takes place, it bumps into maturity and leads ultimately to fully developed character. See, many of us run and hide, and we think life is good because there's no test. I'm not going through anything. I don't want to be going through anything. But you know, the reality I found is that the truth for some of us, if it wasn't for tests and trials, we would never seek the Lord like we're supposed to. The very thing sometimes that drives us to the Lord is the tests and trials. And without that, we probably wouldn't even check on Him too much. James encouraged them to embrace their trials, not for what they were, but for what God would accomplish through them. Our focus has to be on Christ, his desire, not the trial. Attitude is everything. See, when we understand that God has a bigger picture in my life, that he is up to something, that he's developing me. See, the reason I couldn't see it then and I didn't see the reasoning in it of why do, you, why do you have us in these rooms running us to death, beating us down mentally and physically? I couldn't understand the purpose of that. What does this have to do with what's going to take place out there on the field? But see, the coaches knew that at some point on the field or on the contest, you're going to be challenged like you never have been challenged before. 
See, one day you might be 230 pounds, but one day you may have to line up in front of somebody who's an all-American at 300 pounds. Now, what you going to do now? And what they wanted you to understand was you need to be able to reach back and pull something from a place you've been before because you've been tested. So you've been through a trial before. You're mentally and you're physically ready for what I want to do in your life or what you want to do or what you need to do to be successful on the field. And sometimes the things we go through in life, when we're not connected to the Lord, all we can think of is, this is horrible, my life is messed up, why is this happening to me, it should have been somebody else, woe is me, I'll never overcome this. When we should have an attitude of, Lord, what are you up to, God? Sure, I, let me tell you something. I'm like anybody else. As, Lord, as smooth as my road can be, that's how I want it. You know what I'm saying? As many bumps out of the road, if you can remove them, please, Lord, remove them. But, Lord, what is for me, let it be for me. What you want me to go through, then I must go through so that I can be of service for you, so that I can understand what it is you want to do in my life. But so many times, as I talk with folks and as I even look in my own life, we look for so many ways to avoid and, and, and take on what we feel like is the baggage of life. When God is looking at it and says, that's not baggage. Man, I've equipped you. I've strengthened you. I've carried you. I've made you what I want you to be. And we sit back and think, well, my life is pretty messed up because my mama was this and my daddy was this and I didn't have this or I had to go through this. No. You may have had to go through something, but I've got a plan for your life. And I don't care how jacked up it's been. As we like to say, God can hit a bullseye with a crooked stick. He don't need perfection to get done what he needs done. And whether the trials are of your doing or of not your doing, God can get done what he wants to do in your life if we submit it unto him. But the problem sometimes is when these things happen, we go to everybody but him. We call on everybody but him. In verse 5 it says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man not ought to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. See, the thing I am always trying to remember and to get folks to understand is we got to stay plugged into him. When trouble comes, when difficult times come, and your world feels like it's upside down, I know the feeling. Just like I told you physically how I felt in that workout, but I know what it's like to feel that emotionally and spiritually to feel totally disoriented because everything I thought was one thing, now it's not. All that I had my hopes in have been dashed before me. What... What is going on, Lord? God wants us sometimes to say, you stick with me. You, you, you stick it out with me. 
And tell you, I went through a situation in ministry when I grew up, came to Houston to go to Texas Southern University, got saved on campus, got involved with ministry, realized God was calling me to that ministry that I was a part of since college. Left Houston, went to Chicago, Atlanta, and Mississippi doing urban ministry in all those places. God allowed me to come back uh, in, in 04. And I came back and I was excited. I'm like, we finally get to come back to our home, to our family, to the, where the church was that we were sent out of. I'll probably be able to go full-time finally because I worked in all those cities. Be able to go full-time ministry and really get back to doing things I feel called to do. We went back a year in the church that we were part of closed down, shut down. And not only that, every relationship that we had was gone. Now, here we have spent five, six years on the road waiting to get back. And here we were back in Houston, and we were lonelier in Houston than we had ever been while we were gone. And I went to the Lord. What, what, is, what is this? What, God, what, why would you do this? I search and examine my life. Have I been unfaithful? Is there sin in my life? What, what's the purpose, God? Why would you do this? No answer. No answer. A month goes by. Two months go by. Lord, I'm called. I know I'm called to work. At, this is what I'm called to do. Why is this happening to me? And for the first time, I found myself praying, looking for answers, no answers. Finally, when God did speak to me, he said, David, all that is taking place, son, is not about you. It's not about what you did right. It's not about what you did wrong. He said, there's something I wanted to teach you. I needed you to understand a little brokenness. I needed you to understand that no matter what happens in your life, it's not about you. It's about what I choose to do. But I wanted to make sure you understood that above everything else. So, I, yes, these, I was dissing a little while. I needed you to yearn for me. I needed you to be broken. I needed you to understand that this, without me, there's not, there's, you need me for this thing. And I was like, I got it. I got it. Lesson learned. Let's go. Lesson learned. But you see, it would have been easy to say, ministry ain't real. I lived my life for God and he abandoned me. But sometimes you got to endure. And you got to sit tight. You got to hold the water. And you got to wait on God. You got to trust him. You got to have assurance in who he is. And that's what he means by not being double-minded. When you come to me, seek me. Don't come to me wavering. Come to me with full assurance that I know you. I know you there, God, and I know you in control. I was telling the other service, hey, I'm a self-confessed, unashamed. I know I should be working on it, but I'm a mama's boy. I am. You know what I'm saying? I love my mama. You know, and me and my daddy, I love him. He's my guy. We cool. But man, I love my mama. And see, growing up, I had total insurance in my mama. If she said it was going to be done, man, it's, it's, it's gold. If mama said it, it's done. 
But God wants us to have assurance in him. He says, if I'm with you, believe me. If I'm in control of your life, believe me. Even though what you see may be upside down, believe that I'm in control and I'm working to build something in you. But it may take some time. Can you endure? The encounter, and can you endure knowing the testing of your faith is going to produce endurance? That I'm building something within you. You know, there's an old gospel song that I'm reminded of whenever I have to face difficult trials and tests. It kind of goes like this. I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. And it's that last passage. Listen, it's that last passage that I have to tell myself sometimes. That God, you wouldn't bring me this far to leave me. You wouldn't have brought me from everywhere else you brought me from. You wouldn't have brought me through every testing trial you brought me through just to get me here and say, now, Dave, I've done all I can for you. <laughs> now, we've been walking together for a while, but now you're on your own, son. Now get out there and make it happen. That's not how God works. He's promised to be here with me. He's promised to, to continue to mature me and grow me if I walk with him. But in our minds, sometimes we act like that. Because we experience a trial or test we've never seen before, like, like, God is, like God has walked out of the game. No, he ain't walked out of the game. He's going to be right there with you. The question is, will we walk out of the game? And if we just endure, God says, man, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. And see, here's the beautiful thing about it. When you walk with God, like my coaches used to tell us, when they would make us run till we throw up, when they, would, when they would push us and push us and push us, they would always tell us, guys, we're putting something in the tank. We're putting something in the tank. So when you need it and you reach for it, I got it. I'm ready. I can go on. I can finish this contest because I've got something that I can pull from. See, when you walk with the Lord and he takes you through tests and trials, it's like putting something in the tank. And then when the next trial comes, all you got to do is reach back in the tank and say, Lord, I remember what you did. I remember when, you, when we first got together, you, 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 what you did in my life. How you saved me. How you brought me through this. How you made a way out of no way. I was telling the service this morning uh, in, in 2004 around that time I was just telling you about. We had our, I have four children. We had our last child. Beautiful girl in the hospital, cut the umbilical cord, we're celebrating. Then all of a sudden, people start rushing in, escorting me out. I'm like, man, what's going on? Sir, your wife is bleeding and we can't stop it. Here I am sitting in the lobby after just all this joy. Nobody's telling me nothing, but you can tell it's serious. And her life is on the line, 
And here I am contemplating being a single parent of four children. You got to call on God differently in the midst of trials. You got to reach out to him differently. And it just so happened that the expert in blood who shouldn't have even been there was in the building and was able to come and assist my wife and save her life. But you know what I found then? And I'm glad I love my wife and I need her. Trust me, these kids, every time they get left alone with me, they're like, Mama, we need you. Because <laughs> that stuff daddy be feeding us, that ain't getting it. <laughs> so we, I'm glad we got her. But you know I had to come to the realization that, Lord, I know you're enough even if, she, even if it's time for her to go. I got you. You're enough. And whatever you're up to, my trust is in you, Lord. My trust is in you. God wants us to understand that he is building. He is constructing our lives. And that's what James was trying to get them to see. I know it might be difficult on you. I know you might be experiencing stuff you never intended to go through. You might be having things happen to you, and you don't know what in the world is going on. But he said, count it joy because God is building something in you. He is developing muscles you didn't even know existed. And one day, I promise you, it'll be used for the glory of his kingdom. I can minister to people in a different way because of the tests and trials of my life. I can relate to people in a different way because what God has taken me through. And because, man, I've endured and I've seen what he does through that. What's my encouragement to you this morning, no matter what happens? God's will and plan for your life doesn't change. He wants to develop you so you can count it joy when in 2018, 2019, 2020, and on beyond, whatever comes your way, I encourage you, how no matter how difficult, and I know trials and tests can be so difficult, but always plug in to God first. Seek his wisdom. He says, I'll give it to you. Be, I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't matter who you are. I'll give it to you freely. Just come to me and ask, and I'll tell you what's going on, and I'm going to carry you through this. And you'll realize he is a mighty and awesome God. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for the hearts of the people that are here today. And Father, I don't know what everybody's going through. I don't know what everybody's been through, but I do know Father, your word is true. Father, you have a plan for us, dear God, and you are growing and developing us, dear God. And we don't always want to go and experience what life brings to our door front, but God, with you, we can endure anything. With you, we can overcome. With you, Lord, we can find the purpose and meaning. And we know you'll develop us to serve you, to be an asset to your kingdom. And that, Father, we can be moving in the direction of being perfect and complete, lacking in nothing as you develop us and grow us. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Be with your people. Minister and speak to them. Cover them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning.